Hello, welcome to another episode of Ignorant Bliss. On this episode, I talked to my good friend and frequent guest on the show, Ronald Wimberly, about his newest release, Lab, a comic criticism newspaper. This time, focus on on um, black racial identity within comics and pop culture. Uh, we talk about a lot of things like from Basquiat, the different people he in, uh, interviewed within the paper, uh, like Saul Williams and and others, along with just talks about the ideas within it, kind of going over it for people who don't know about it and don't know what it's about. That was the focus of this interview on basically conversation. I um, hope you enjoy you can find Ronald online by looking up Raynard Foe. So R-A-Y-N-A-R-D-F-A-U-X. Or you can just look up Ronald Wimberly in the Google on Instagram. Such and such lab is put out by Beehive Books. Uh, you can look them up online. It should be in your comic store. Hopefully your comic store bought it. Or you can order it online. Enjoy the episode. Talk to you later. Save for the end for all the links and stuff to all to the show and all of things I do. Uh, my mic sounds nice. Check one. My mic uh-huh. sounds nice. Check yeah, yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. Testing uh-huh. one two one two. Yeah yeah. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, let's go. Uh, Ended up being, yeah, man. Was it, was, it a, was it a lituation? Come on, man. What you say, Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? There was a lituation <laughs> happening. You know, I, had, I had to escape the lituation, but you know. Oh, right. But, you know, I had to get out, go do some other stuff that I pre planned. Yeah. Saw, saw some money for Pratt I haven't seen since Pratt. Oh, who's that? Do you remember a guy named um, Naturel? He kind of just about went by L. He got there like. Oh, L, I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, like Puerto Rican, though, right? Yeah, like Philippine. Yeah. But yeah, he's like back down here, bro. Wow. Like, okay. He's coming home, bro. Wow, crazy. All right. He's, he's like, he, he's, he's eating it art, bro. Like, I didn't even, you know. Oh, he's doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. He's, he's doing it. He's doing it. Wow. Hey, ain't no playing no games. He's doing it, bro. Wow, okay. Yeah, man. You know, DMV holding it down on the low, not getting no shine, but niggas is eating. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Nah, it was good, bro. I was, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I was just talking to my other homeboy, and he was talking to him, and he turned around. I was like, yo. I was like, Shock, shock face, the anime shock face, and that that manga joint where it had like mad lines, <laughs> you know, like, super detailed and shit, right, action yeah. lines, like. <gasps> 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 
Man. That's dope, though. Yeah, man. Got some got just, some good talking in. Just just bumped into him at the function, huh? Yeah, man. Little art event outside. Pow wow. Pow wow DC. Hmm. Big like mural thing that be popping off all over the world. Oh word, okay. No. I feel left out. I don't. I don't be doing that. Hey man, you do your murals on the page. You know, some people do it on the walls. Yeah, yeah, facts. You know, you want you want people to post lab all over the place, right? <laughs> oh, so you saw that? Yeah, yeah, man. I was able to uh, look through it all. I got. I was able to read half of the stuff that I didn't read previously. You know, all your all your reviews and stuff I read already. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, okay, I read this. I don't have to read this again. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's probably just a little bit of editing and shit. Got hydrate because uh, was out in the out in the streets last night, mm. hanging with Dracula and his crew. Dracula. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, is that a new name for Lex or no? <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, 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 Lex knows for because he got <laughs> close crop hair. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he wear all black. You know? He do, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dracula, Dracula be rocking like frills and shit. I don't, uh, you know, nah, Lex is more like Nosferatu. Sleep with it. He, 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 he keep the, the slim silhouette all black. You know what I mean? Come out with his hands crossed. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, man, mm. you happy? You happy with Lab in the end? Yeah, man, I think it's a good first effort. You know what I mean? You know, um, I I don't know. Like, well, I have, you know, <clears throat> I'm learning. Like, I think I got a lot out. Um, I think the, you know, it's a decent presentation and everything. I think, you know, I'm looking forward to evolving. I don't know, man. Like, I was... What was I? What was I watching the other day? And they were talking about using. Oh no! I think I was listening to like I was listening to maybe like the podcast, like one of the Jacobin podcasts. And they somebody was on there. They were talking about the rhetorical, um, the rhetorical method of like faith and like um, and like you know preachers and shit. And I'm like, man how to how to get complex ideas across in a way but i mean they're not really complex but like how to get the ideas across in a way that um brings along with it the history and the language but also it's like that people can just digest you know what i mean and so i feel like in the in a smaller amount of space it's like poetry becomes really important you know what i mean like shit, shit is dense but it's like the the problem with poetry though sometimes is like when i don't know when you're being when you're diving deep on critical aspects you know like dialectics, whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you got you gotta be explicit. You know what I mean? And the beauty of poetry is it can be a little bit like ambiguous. 
You know what I mean? It can have many different meanings. And I feel like when you're trying to build this critical framework to kind of understand things, you have to be explicit. And it's like, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see how we'll see how it goes over, man. I'm just hoping. I don't know. I keep making things and expecting somehow that people will understand. <laughs> I feel like one of the biggest flaws you can make as an artist is to is to like do something to be understood. Like ain't nobody understand nothing, you know. Like art is like it's it's kind of a fool's errand to make things and expect to be understood, man. Like even when you succeed, right? Even when you make a great work and people kind of like dig it. I don't think you're often on I don't think like Intent is just so moot, man. <laughs> it's so moot. And I guess this paper isn't just art, though, either. It's like it's it's not art. Some of it is art, but a lot of it is just like, you know. It's a lot of it's a lot of thought in it. It's a lot of yeah. writing. Yeah. And um, I, I hope that some of the some of your fans that and this might sound hella condescending that just like when you draw black people rocking Japanese shit, (laughs) um, take the time to actually read the pages that's mostly text or at least that Saul Williams interview because y'all was going back and forth. There was a good rapport in that interview. It felt like, um, I don't know if you did that audio wise and had yeah, it transcribed. Yeah, we did all the reviews on the phone, man. Yeah. Okay, so it was trans. That's why I felt so familiar. So yeah, yeah. It just sounds like you guys were just talking and just riffing off of interviews. Yeah. Yeah, man. And it's been a while. Like I haven't talked to him. I hadn't talked to him in months, man. Because like I don't know. You know that guy is just like an international man of mystery. So like I, I hadn't talked to him in a minute. And like he had moved to L.A., he had come out with a movie like he had done so much in between like the short amount of time that I last talked to him. And like, you know, real talk, man, I really look up to that cat, man. Like um, I feel like every time I talk to him, I learn a little bit of something about. I mean, I don't know, being <laughs> real talk, being a man, being an artist, like sustaining, sustaining myself, you know, um, as an artist, as an intellectual, you know what I mean? Like he's just got so much wisdom and jewels, you know what I mean? To like kind of, I don't know, drop on, on you every time you talk to him. You know what I mean? Like he's just, you know, and half of it is just watching him move too. You know what I mean? Like this cat is really, I don't know. He, I feel like he's figured it out. You know what I mean? Like he's got, he's surrounded by love. He produces work. You know what I mean? Meaningful work. You know, I ain't never heard anything wild whack come out of his mouth. You know what I mean? Not once, which like in this day and age, that's like <laughs> kind of hard, yo. <laughs> you know? So, man, it just maybe means it's maybe let me be subjective about it. Maybe it's not. It just means we're on a similar wave, which is like I hope is true because like I hold him in high regard. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, you know, got Alexandra Bell on there. Got, you know, um, Trendell Hancock. So wait, so wait, so wait. I think some people might know who uh, Saul Williams is, but for some who don't, 
He's a poet, mm-hmm. musician, performance mm-hmm. artist, actor. Yeah. yeah. All types of things. Right, right, right. But the other two. Yeah. Could you could you give them a quick, I guess, intro? Sure. Um, well, Alexandra Bell and Trendor Hancock are both um, artists. Uh, Alexandra works in she works in the medium of, I guess, like news. You know what I mean? Um, she is known for doing these posters called counter narratives, right? Um, that she puts around, started out here in Brooklyn, I believe, but like she does these pace ups where she alters the news to reflect or to really, to call into how I see it, right? Is to call into uh, question the subjectivity of the news, you know what I mean? Or like to to show the subjectivity of the news because like she'll take a headline where, you know, it, the, the media or the newspaper presents like say the death of an, an unarmed black youth and like how it frames the individual in a way that's like, you know, ne- negative, you know what I mean? Like how they got cats up there, you know, s- you know, smoking weed or like the worst picture they could find. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Or like they'll, they'll juxtapose that picture next to a headline from another article that makes it seem, you know what I mean? Like she'll take that and then she'll reorganize the paper, the page, the, um, the headline and everything to better reflect what politically, I don't know, like a, a different political subjectivity. Yeah. You know I mean, like a different, a different perspective on it to show, you know, kind of like originally what what's happening, which is often like a white supremacist sort of framing framework of the event. You know what I mean? Like not to mince words. Um, to show the victim is not uh, empathetic or human, but to, uh, I guess, push um, people's own biases and subconscious fears, I guess, with the mainstream that like, oh yeah, this person deserved to get shot by the police. Right, right, right. Let me see if I'm going to pull up something right now and just kind of describe it, you know, describe what she does. Um, yeah, her, her, um, yeah, this giant. I, don't, I forget what I put in the newspaper, which piece did I put in the newspaper? Yeah. Let's, let me take a a scan to the pages. Yeah, let me actually put mine up too. Oh, uh, uh, the Michael Brown piece, right? Did I put that in there? No, you a teenager, a teenager with promise. <laughs> yeah, you put the one with the white nationalist protest leads to death. Oh, oh yeah, that was crazy one. Next to the loving and leaving America. And how like you, it, it, she changed it by putting the actual image of the guy driving into the crowd, <laughs> makes that actually bigger. Put that headline underneath of that picture, shrinks the loving and leaving America yeah. smaller <laughs> and away from that, so it looks like you know less. Like oh, look at this nice shit right here. Right, right. <laughs> Just remember, like everything's okay. Everything's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So, and then Trent Dill Hancock is a um, artist who works in a, like a pop culture motif. Um, he appropriates like pop cultural, um, pop culture language, I would say, because he doesn't, he rarely ever, if ever, directly references like a, um, you know, like a pop culture commodity, you know what I mean? But he, he tends to kind of like work in that vernacular, you know what I mean? So like he creates paintings, comics, toys, you know, um, he, you know, multidisciplinary artists and he's amazing. Um, uh, uh, what the, what the bring, what the brung back, Brung back, I think is one of my favorites. <laughs> he, he, you know, he deals, he deals with some issues of, um, man, of identity, and we talk about it in the paper. Uh, and um, man, we went deep. Like I think we maybe we were able to put maybe like a a fifth of the conversation in there. Mm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was it was a, it was an intense conversation, you know, just talking about sort of, um, what it means to, uh, ultimately have identity, um, to create work and know that identity is like, um, a commodity and how that affects and shapes the work and how, you know, he has a very interesting way of sabotaging, like the market's uh, commodification of his blackness, right? Which is like, he's able to um, broach the topic without centering his black body or black bodies at all, really. You know what I mean? He uses the language a bit, but like, not really. And it's it's dope. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how people... Um, in comics who may have not heard of him, what their, what their response is. And like, you know, because like he works in comics, man, Yes, you know, he's a fine artist in a weird sort of way. All three of the interview viewers or interviews are, um, sort of, uh, they have like a proximal relationship to comics, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're doing comics, they're working with the medium, you know what I mean? And like, but they're not necessarily, uh, what you would consider like traditional cartoonists, you know, or comic book writers, artists, you know? Yeah. And Alexandra Bell being, being like the farthest from it, but like she's working with, proximity image and text you know what i mean which is like the proximity of image and text like and the juxtaposition of those things and putting images next to each other which is like a cousin to comics yeah, you know so i slowed the page of a, of a of a newspaper front page is yeah. the way you're supposed to read that you know yeah. i don't think people really pay attention to that but they're it is like you're supposed to you know you, you start and you, you flow and it's all thought out yeah how did that how did some of that inform the way you and your team at beehive in terms of the laying out of labs you know the, the the nature of a newspaper and how people read a newspaper 
Hmm. You mean like uh, Bell's work or just newspapers in general? Just newspapers in general in terms of, you know, making your newspaper. Yeah, man. Like, so I sat down with a bunch of um, uh, newspapers at the very beginning and like laid them out in front of um, Mael and Josh. And Mael is like the designer, uh, kind of like she laid out the newspaper. So, um, it, we did I mean, like, you know, we moved so fast that, like, I don't think we dove very deep on, like, sort of the details of that approach. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Mael did, like, a – she did, like, a rough layout for me, um, just really, you know, where what is mm-hmm. in, in terms of sequence. And then we just literally went back and forth. Like, I would draw a rough layout in my sketchbook, you know, like um, – going off of what she showed me, like she took all of the different materials and like materials were changing the entire time because like the crazy thing about the newspaper. So to get into like the layout, laying out of the newspaper, also trying to get it done by TCAF, the, the practical, um, sort of putting of the thing together, like me being like, Kind of not. I wouldn't say slow, but definitely precious about <laughs> how I'm how I'm putting together the articles yeah. and like getting everything to um, my L. You know, it's like man. I feel like I learned a lot this time out. Um, I think next time I would probably be uh, a little more deliberate about the like aesthetic of the actual newspaper and not the just the art like the articles or the things you know components of the newspaper you know um man it was an interesting process it's my first time ever doing anything like this you know well yeah that i can think of (laughs) yeah um like as a newspaper versus uh a um a book. One thing that was like, I feel in my thinking, uh, starting that I tried to, uh, push was thinking about the top and the bottom of the page and sort of the sequence, um, in which you like, you open it and read it. And also kind of like how articles fit on the page. When I say articles, I don't mean just like the written, I mean like, uh, an image could be an article. Like, I mean, like, you know, not like articles as in, right. So like how, how you view all the articles in relation to the space of the page, like, you know, making sure that certain things have their own visual space and like, uh, making it so that if you fold a newspaper, you can give something that shared space with something when it's folded out, you can give it its own space when you fold it. You know what I mean? Like, I was very deliberate about thinking about this and also um, using the size of the paper to have to have a little bit more grace in regard to like pushing. Like, I'm not just going to make everything super big just because I have a big page type of deal. You know what I mean? But like using that space as an opportunity to make things big and um, and uh, in, you know, and recognizing there's its space on that that big page, you know, squares, man. <clears throat> you know, design is just squares. Yeah. <laughs> Shapes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
you start with the shape of whatever it is you're working on. Damn, Brooklyn is loud today. <laughs> yeah, I was reminded of that last week. Yeah, it's crazy. You know what? And it's crazy about my place too is that like I'm, I technically I got streets on both sides because like Myrtle is not that far from where you were staying, right? Yeah. And then on my side I got Vernon or whatever, but whatever. You know, it's not the country. So yeah, man, you need to get life. Yeah. For now. What made you pick the comics and pieces of art of yours that you decided to put in lab? You know, you did uh, Rochambeau. Yeah. You put in. Yeah, so you know that because you saw the first time I did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one really saw it the first time I did it. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like a lot of people haven't didn't see it, but the first time I'm I'm, I'm bringing in history with that. So you redid right. Rochambeau. Mm-hmm. You decided to put in the Sun Ra mm-hmm. comic that I forgot who you did that for, which I remixed. That was for a Philly newspaper. I think a now defunct Philly newspaper. I forget the name of it right now, but yeah. Yeah, you also decided to put in Lighten Up, I guess, so people can actually have a physical version to own. Yeah, just the yep. internet version. Yep. Um, but also, like it, it fits within like sort of the, the um, the thing. It fits thematically with um, the newspaper. True. You know? It does because it's a, it's yeah. an editorial. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, some new, new-ish Black History pieces. So mm-hmm. The Grace Jones you had before as a as a as a thing for like one of the special editions of the yeah. book from last year. Mm-hmm. And you have. Uh, Ishmael Butler and you have the hottest fire right now, Jamila Monet. Yeah, yeah, she's a dirty computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You also she's have a- uh, P Funk himself, George Clinton. Yeah, yeah, and, and LZ. Yeah, yeah. Which goes directly into John Jennings's yeah. editorial on his uh, ideas of cyber trap, a mix of cyberpunk and trap music, which I found pretty interesting because I have my own views on on trap music mm-hmm. you know, since I've been listening to it since its birth. Right. You know, it just on the record, I want people to understand here. T.I. created trap music, Gucci Man, and Young Jeezy came later. Right. The years of 2004, 2005. <laughs> you need to understand these things except going on the internet and talking all this bullshit. Do the, do the knowledge. Yeah. Do the knowledge. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot going on here, you know. DJ yeah. Tump and T.I. made trap music. We yeah. can't call MJG and A-Ball and other people who just rapped about drugs, trap music, because that's not the same thing. That would make Kooji <laughs> rap trap music, and that's not it. Right. <laughs> uh, there are formal differences. Yes. There's, you know? there's specific musical uh, points and structure that makes yeah. trap music trap music. But then you also put in your uh, Little Nemo piece. Yeah. You know, for the many of us who didn't uh, buy that ginormous Little Nemo right. book. 
also put out by Beehive. Mm-hmm. And then you also remix Africa again. Yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of people haven't. A lot of people haven't read Africa. Yeah. Even though it was kind of hot on the internet. Um, yeah. Explain but, Africa a little bit for people. Okay. Um, Africa was like a weird. Okay, so <clears throat> I'll, I'll tell you what what I did. Um, sort of uh, sub subject, and then I'll tell you like formally what I did. Um, subject matter is just kind of like, uh, okay, so they're tied together, right? <laughs> like the, form, the formal practice is tied to like the subject because um, uh, I maybe, you know, this, I originally did this like years and years ago when I was probably coming off of watching like a lot of French new wave. And I had seen, um, Alphaville. I mean, was it that long ago? Yeah. 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 You showed me Alphaville. That was, a that was a minute, minute. George minute. Bush was, I think still president. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> thinking about what Godard was trying to do, I was like, well, I was actually more interested in like, sort of the form of it, you know, like I could say, um, you know, you could argue about how successful he was, but I think it was really interesting to see this weird, very literary, um, sci-fi, uh, um, ab, you know, abstract, narrative dealing with like um a lot of you know dealing with like uh socio-political ideas you know um capitalism marxism what have you but like in the frame of like a uh sci-fi uh detective story you know what i mean so at the time, I was like, well, how would I do this? Like, And I didn't really have the language for what I was doing, but what I was really doing was like, well, how do I do this in sort of a, you know, like a black Marx, you know what I mean? Like a, a in the framework of like, a, it's like the black radical tradition, you know what I mean? That, I wouldn't have had that language at the time, but what that's essentially what I was doing. Like I wanted to take like all of the themes that he was presenting in that and like kind of, uh, re redo it in a way that acknowledges like my own sort of political tradition. And at that time I was coming from reading, like, you know, there's a little Fanon, you know, reference in there. And like, you know what I mean? Like I was coming from a different place. Yeah. And so what I did is I, I just, um, kind of did a comic version of like the first kind of couple, the first scene of the film, you know what I mean? Uh, where I, I re, uh, I didn't draw the frames of the film, but I took the narrative of it and I remapped my own sort of political questions and, you know, um, yeah, like I, like the questions that I'm asking myself, I'm literally just asking myself those questions on the page. Uh, and the reason why I called it Africa because 
like for me until up until this day, like Africa is such a um, is such an enigmatic concept, you know, because it's like there's the material reality of like it is a continent, you know what I mean? But also, you know, like I have this sort of this relationship to it as an idea, you know what I mean? Not even as a continent. And then it's like my identity is is informed by it. You know what I mean? Like um, a race is cast upon me and other people who are from that continent that groups them in ways that maybe, you know, aren't always um, even organic. You know what I mean? Um, and I just I wanted to kind of like. I chose that as a uh, <clears throat> as a motif to work in, you know what I mean? Like in the comic, in a weird sort of way, you know what I mean? You look at the comic, you might say, well, like what in this comic is is African, right? But at the same time, if you interrogate that harder, you can be like, oh shit, yeah, no, everything, you know, like there's some there's some very African things, you know, <laughs> about this comic, right? But the same could be said about me. Fam, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And which is like kind of how I was, you know, thinking. And there were, you know, like I re-lettered it. So like there are some places where I kind of, um, I kind of um, did automatic writing, you know, like where I was going off the script that I had, but in some places I just like, I just, I freestyled it a little bit again. So it's not exactly the same as the original. It's it's a remix. Yeah, the end feels different. <laughs> yeah, the end is different. Yeah, for sure. I got to that point. I was like, mm, that's not. I'm not saying that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you changed that all out. Yeah. As one of the few people who remember the uh, the original. Yeah. Um. Then you get uh you have another Black History image. It seems like then you have the nice little thank you. Yeah, and you have the whole thing with kind of like what you kind of explain it to people. Like, hey, you can post this up. You can put this in your house. You can frame it. You know, you got a you got you got the final the final piece of ocean <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, what made you ask uh? John Jennings to um, contribute an essay. He's, you know, he's on fire right now, but you know, other than that, you know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, John is just like I don't know if you remember. I don't know if that was in San Diego or what. I think that's when I we went out to San Diego. Remember that shit? Yeah. And I was on a panel with John. I think. Yeah. And I, I think that may have been before the new Prince of Cats came out. It was. And I was like listening to this cat talk and I'm just like wow man all right he's on some shit <laughs> he's on some shit because like out of everyone that I ever ever talked to or heard talk about comics it's like you know he 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 had the language of the academy right but he also had the language of comics and like I think he and I have a similar sort of um, social narrative. You know what I mean? 
So meaning like uh, a narrative where it's like, okay, so all of this, when I'm doing this newspaper, man, I'm like, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent. I'm like in a lane all of my own, but it's like, it's a lane that like, I, you know, like I didn't, I didn't graduate from Howard. I didn't even drop out of Howard. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I don't have all of that. I, and like, that is a double prong experience. So meaning like, um, I'm like a prodigal son, you know what I mean? Like I'm coming from a space where, you know, coming from chocolate city and, and, Maryland, you know, uh, going from like being surrounded by black folk to being kind of like a kid who, you know, eventually is like one of the few black folks, you know what I mean? And then sort of my entire, uh, intellectual nourishment in both like, I don't know, philosophy or like liberation theory, like critical theory, like all of that shit is, it's been like an autodidactic uh, journey for me. Right. Where like John, he's not this, you know, like he's definitely, he's, he's paid his dues and he's, you know, he's, he's done that work inside the institutions, but it's like, I feel for some reason we share a similar language. And also there's like an optimism that John has that like, isn't grotesque to me, which I really like, you know what I mean? Or naive, you know, or naive, you know? And like, um, Actually, John brought something to, you know, in his article, something that uh, really counterpoints. It made me and it affected some of the other articles. It made me think about my critical framework a little bit because, you know, like I was kind of coming from a. Like I had been moving further and further into like a strictly material analysis of like the politics of the aesthetics. You know what I mean? And John in his cyber trap um, and it's actually also he had like a um, he put me onto some other writings and they're like positing that one of the. Which is funny because like this is in a in an almost like controversial way, a way that like Afrofuturism is close to futurism is like the notion that these aesthetics can have their political or they can they're not necessarily um, coming from a material reality, but could contribute or alter material reality. You know, like the simple fact of changing the past or projecting a future, you know, could change the political reality of our world, you know, Um, which is like something that I've been thinking about a lot. You know what I mean? Like, excuse me, man. Um, And where do I and where do I um, what do I believe? Which is like in this newspaper, I'm never in one place, man. Like my ideas are like uh, this. That's what was difficult about the newspaper and even writing the manifesto is that like um, ultimately I wanted the first issue to to show like my subjective point and to be uh, deliberate about it and not to like obfuscate 
where I'm coming from, to keep it 100 for everyone who's coming afterwards, reading a newspaper afterwards, be like, yo, so why does Ronald, like, why is he saying this? So like, why does he choose these other contributions and contributors in the future? Like, why, why is that? It's like, you could always look at the first paper and be like, okay, this is where his head is at. And John actually contributed to that. um, And he's been like kind of a, a, a good companion, you know, like putting me on the stuff, like hipping me to a whole bunch of stuff, you know, like, so that's why, that's why I included him in it. You know what I mean? And I guess James Romberger in your, uh, his Basquiat piece. Yeah. What, um, who's James and yeah. what, what were you trying to do with, uh, I guess talking about Basquiat in your paper it's kind of interesting right now because I remember way back when we were talking about Basquiat a long time ago mm. before all the rappers got onto him <laughs> yeah. now it seems like there's a new documentary about Basquiat like every other like two months yeah 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 you know I almost feel like people are kind of oversaturating Basquiat mm. yeah yeah uh, kind of playing into some of his issues with like the issues he had with fame and everything back when he was actually alive. It's like, yeah, about the same timeline about how old he was then. Right. It's just like, y'all doing the same thing. Like, yeah, you ain't learned nothing from your mistakes. Oh, okay. You mean in terms of just like sort of, uh, the fame and maybe also like the, um, sort of projecting this, uh, like this this vibe of just like the idiot savant type thing, this narrative of him or whatnot. Idiot savant or like the uh, the childlike nature of his, uh, yeah, leading to a deeper meaning, the fame, the using of his image or name or art as this thing to be emblazoned upon. Like rappers kind of use Basquiat, like they use uh, Che Guevara t-shirts. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, <clears throat> yeah. And I'm not gonna sit here talking about like I was a fan of Basquiat forever. Like I wasn't. Like right. it's something I grew into as I got older. Mm. More getting into like getting to what he was saying, what he was trying to do, what he was saying, the use of graffiti. Mm-hmm. Early, early hip hop <coughs> culture and the downtown scene and all that type of stuff, and his friendship with Andy, blah, blah, blah. But I ain't gonna lie, like some of this shit ain't fucking sickening. Especially some of the the documentaries is cool. Mm-hmm. Like that BBC one was fire. Mm. But the one I, we can't find, or like, no, we find we found that one. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that joint was fire, but I haven't actually watched a bad. BBC documentary, so mm, but right. like, um, <laughs> yeah, they they put a lot of they put a lot of work into the production of this shit. But yeah, so like, what made you um, reach out to James and so yeah, first of all, piece? yeah, my bad. No, you're fine. First of all, <clears throat> James is just like a fellow New Yorker, man. Like, actually, he's a he's like he's as real as it gets, man. He's a cartoonist. Um, on the Lower East Side, uh, he lived through all this shit. You know what I mean? He knew all of those motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like, he was part of the scene, right? So, 
he literally witnesses witnessed it firsthand. And um, you you know, if anybody's listening, you can look up James Romberger's work. He's an amazing cartoonist. He's also like a very <clears throat> skilled um, pastel artist. Like crazy work, really good work. But what you know. A lot of the articles, okay, so everything that ended up in there was either something that I wrote, and then maybe there's just two, I guess, right, that um, are outside contrib- contributors. And it wasn't like I uh, commissioned, I, I kind of commissioned John's piece, but like um, Romberger's piece, I came across um, beforehand. So it, it was in a newspaper. And what I... A lot of the, you know, one of the themes of the magazine is, uh, the newspaper is the ideology of form, right? So like the notion of, by looking at the form of something, you can see, uh, you can see the ideology of the, um, of the artists, uh, of the, the his the historical, um, space, that the work was created and also sort of like the uh, the factors, the material factors that went into the creation of the artwork, which is, you know, in itself sort of like there's a political framework that you could um, understand the work <clears throat> within. Right. So um, that article dealt with that. It dealt with sort of how. um How making the materials that Basquiat used changed the aesthetic and the materials uh, that he used were influenced by the market. And like it goes into how like his identity was commodified. You know what I mean? Like, and this is, you know, keep it a hundred. This is a white writer. You know what I mean? Like, um, but Ron Berger had, he, he really put down some, wisdom. And I was like, this is very important, I think, in the discussion of like maybe the most iconic uh, black artist. When I say black, I mean like the term has only been around in the 20th century. So I don't even have to say 20th century black. You know what I mean? Um, The most probably important black painter, I'll say, right? In, in, in art history up until today. You know what I mean? Um, and also like, yeah, you just <laughs> probably the last great, the last black artist in the age of like America, um, American dominance of the globe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, absolute dominance, you know, and New York at a time when it like peaked, you know what I mean? Like the last great peak of New York culture, you know what I mean? Um, for better or worse. Yeah. The end of the eight, the early eighties, right? End of the seventies, uh, early eighties before. Yeah. yeah. Started getting really commercial and business became as <laughs> no, but like just became this really big export. Yeah, but no, like, uh, that's when I think actually, no, that's when it happened. Like it was, I mean, now, uh, like that, you know, like that era, the reason why his, he was able to shoot up like that was because it was like the intersection of that aspect of the business, uh, uh, you know, wall street 
and art. You know what I mean? Like those things just intersected in a way that was just like, you know, grotesque. It's like the end of Akira. You know what I mean? When like, you know, money's got like the ability to kind of alter his own self on an atomic level, but he just can't control it. And it gets so big that he just starts to absorb and destroy, you know, every the world around him and including the people that he loves. Like, that's what New York was at that time. It's like it went from being, you know, bankrupt. You got fucking Ford saying, you know, drop dead. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to bail out New York. You know what I mean? And, you know, you have the white flight, like the end of that era coming out of that, coming out of that, you know, garbage bin. You know what I mean? what what had been the center of you know the world right which what had been at the beginning of the century like the biggest city on the planet you know what i mean you know here you are like less than like 50 50 years later right another it's just a it's a complete fucking chaos it's on fire the bronx is on fire roving gangs b i just found out they had gangs in in uh they had gangs in Green and uh, Greenwood Cemetery. You know what I mean? Like you had gangs all over New York. You know what I mean? Out of that springs hip hop, new you know, no wave. You know, like the 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 art rock scene. You know what I mean? The art punk. You know, like Basquiat. You know what I mean? Like really porn. Yeah, pornography. You know what I mean? <laughs> like holy shit. You know what I mean? Out of that. You know, out of that, just like cesspool, (laughs) you know, and more money and cocaine and heroin than anyone could fucking figure out what to do with, (laughs) you know, and like that, that cultural um, fucking Nova, you know what I mean? Out of that is born like one of the greatest visual artists of the century, you know, um, doing more with automatic writing than, you know, incorporating elements of jazz, you know, in, in the visual vernacular, like I disagree with Kerry James Marshall. I think he did have innovations in painting, you know, like I don't think Cy Twombly was doing what he was doing. I don't think that's even a direct lineage, you know what I mean? Like deconstructing the the figure, like yeah, you could say bacon, whatever, 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 but like nah, be like this was something new, and I mean, if only, if only to account for like you know the subjectivity of 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 like the time and space where it happened, it was something new. You know what I mean? Like nobody had done that shit, man. You know how you know it was new is like if somebody tries to do something similar, everybody notices. Yeah. You know, so like, yeah, so I had to put something in there, (laughs) you know, because like he's in the work, he's everywhere, man. And also like, you know, there's that quote he had where like he wanted to be a cartoonist. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can see it in his work. How much those, how much cartoons have had influenced. Yeah. His work and his ideas, his thoughts and a way to communicate those thoughts. (laughs) A lot yeah. of things, especially in terms of graffiti, people like to disassociate how much writing, graffiti writing owes to the language of 
animated cartoons. Yep. Newspaper cartoons and comics in general. Yep. It was one of the things that kind of turned me off as a kid. I was like, yeah, I could just go, like, why did you copy that panel from... <laughs> yeah. Like, why did you copy Macross? Yeah. Robotech back. Like, keep it, let me keep it historic. Yeah, 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 I was in Macross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Robotech. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I love... Yeah. No, hey. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead, man. No, I just was. I just was thinking about Basquiat again, and like, kind of thinking about how just watching the old like TV party and like watching all that shit, and just being like, man, motherfuckers is always misunderstood. This guy, man. <laughs> like, I was just thinking about it now, and it's like getting back into what we were talking about at the beginning. It's like, man, every people were just always misunderstanding him, yo. Like, even when it was him and his partner. Um, Puerto Rican cat, I forget his name, who, uh, yeah, same old, old, right? It's like, niggas didn't even, like, yeah, man, it's just crazy. It's crazy to see how, like, man, that's, that is kind of like a, yeah, Basquiat is like the, he's like the Tupac for visual, for black visual artists. It's like, you get to see everything that could go right and everything that could go wrong in one neat, narrative (laughs) you know what I mean like he is the quintessential you know what I mean from issues of gender sexuality uh homelessness like all of that man like so when fuckers talk about like yeah Basquiat and like they want to just like shout him out on the wall or whatnot it's like that's also a part of that narrative of like wow so yo everyone want to be Basquiat but ain't nobody want to be Basquiat (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean like, like you like Basquiat cause he hot right like, right that's what blew me too cause it's like you remember growing up like nobody was talking about Basquiat outside of probably New York City in art circles like yeah. his paintings weren't going crazy hell when we grow up Andy Warhol shit wasn't going crazy niggas was only talking about his shit from the 60s yeah yeah and kind of like the most thing I remember growing up, the main thing they said about Andy Warhol was the, his saying about everybody get 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because, like, man, they're they're kind of prophets. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, like, I, you know, I got heat a couple times, you know, because, like, I'm fascinated by the history of it all. And also Andy. Like, the notion of creating... Like art, like that dude was on some, he was on some, like, I don't even know when, when did relational aesthetic theory, um, when, when did that, when did that even get like, when did that become a thing? Because like thinking about going back to like the velvet underground and shit, you know what I mean? Like creating spaces where, uh, Art is is a space and a relation of people within a space and like not necessarily a picture on the wall. You know what I mean? Like um, or for instance, like this motherfucker saying like really trying to break film, you know, being all like, okay, so like a film is a painting or not. You know what I mean? Or vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, yo, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a painting that's a film. You know what I mean? Like, or, you know, completely going nuclear on that Picasso ego shit. 
Like I want to do what, you know, like Picasso said, like if someone, um, if someone, if anyone signs my, or does a good replica of my work, then it's a Picasso. Then it's a Picasso. And then this motherfucker's like, I'm going to sign a Campbell soup can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and in a way that it's like, it almost destroys the ego. Like he stops being a person. And then when you start to see that and you start to see like the, you know, like the aestheticization of someone like Basquiat where he becomes a brand, you know what I mean? Like he becomes something like that you can summon to give yourself a certain type of uh, so like a, relevance. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you can, you can summon him uh, like the, the fame summons. You know what I mean? You yeah. just get to shine. You know what I mean? Like you become the moon to his sun. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. I wonder, I wonder, is it because since Annie spent so much time as a commercial artist before transitioning into a quote unquote fine artist, mm. that that informed how he looked at art how he made art, how he interacted and talked about art within that that world, because it really, really seems it just becomes really cynical. Yeah, it's like he knew what was happening next. He was in the beast of branding yeah. while it was still being formed. Yeah, like the whole thing in the century itself. Yeah, 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 like he was in, he was in it while it was still being formulated. Like yeah, so it's just like he saw what was happening because even that thing thinking about with Picasso, he's basically calling Picasso on his bullshit, mm. but yeah, he's also prophesizing like, yo, at a point they'll they'll sell a Campbell soup can that looks like my painting of a Campbell soup can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, it, it itself <laughs> becomes art, but it's also a product. Because I think they actually did end up selling a Campbell soup can looking like his Campbell soup can. Yeah. I think that that actually did happen a couple years ago. Like, I don't even. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like, yeah, it's 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 Eddie Warhol is interesting. His interaction with Basquiat is interesting because it's almost like he was trying to help the little homie Mm. and they had their issues. But then like once he once Andy died, if like there was no one to like. Yeah, there was nobody like hug him around the like neck, like nah, bro, like nah, don't fall off the deep end, fam. Like it, this is all bullshit, but like it was it's like he was- because it's crazy because like you know, arguably from the outside, that's the only motherfucker in his life he ever treated like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone else, he's like, yeah. Um, fall off the deep end, but just make sure my camera's running. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't do it while I'm not filming because, like, I need to get this shit on camera, you know? Yeah. yeah it's interesting, like, how, like, why did he see, like, we say now, like, oh, Basquiat was special. Right. But I don't, I don't know if everybody understands, like, there's a, I think there's a lot of missing in the way artists are, are, are interact in, the world of it is, but I think there's something like when you see a person is dope as an artist, you'd be like, oh, like he's like, okay, like especially when they're younger than you, and you're like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta make sure, I gotta find a way to f- help you don't fall into that bullshit, like, mm-hmm. like, like some of yeah. these, like, oh, so many snakes are the worst, like. <laughs> I've already, I've already been bit. I've already got my little anti venom. Like I'm good, but mm. you shouldn't have to go through that. Mm. And you can either see the other ones who are vultures, people who are just trying to. The art world ain't changed, bro. That's the thing. Like yeah. I don't even have to. I wouldn't even have to be alive at that time to know 
that the fire art world then ain't no different now. The only thing that's different is like the skirts may be a little bit shorter. Heels <laughs> a little bit higher. Economy is right. <laughs> the, uh, the clothes are a little bit different. Everybody wears sneakers. Right. Sneakers are things instead of dress shoes. Like it's not. <laughs> well, I mean, and they owe and they owe Basquiat for that too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Get into some of your articles. Let's uh, let's let's get into uh, nigger aesthetics. <laughs> yeah, nigger nigger aesthetics, man. You know, like it's interesting, right? Because you sent me the video earlier to this morning, mm-hmm. and like this this is like, yo, we're 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 like, I feel all black artists right now are kind of like they're in that zone, man. <laughs> bruh, bruh. You know? Donald Glover. Yeah. Hey, people. Oh, bro, there's so much going on in that video. Is yeah. it me or is he really on some on some Richard Pryor shit? Like, without if he's like, like he's looking like he looking to me. He looking like Richard Pryor in that video. Yeah, no, for sure. I think visually. Yeah, yeah. Like he's going for that look. Like, yeah. I'm telling you the truth, the ugly shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, man, like I. I haven't even, you know, because I just saw it this morning. I haven't even been really able to unpack it yet. You know what I mean? Like, um, like uh, I, I've never been like a super big fan of the of the music of his music, but um, I like yo. I think I don't know. I love that show, man. Um, and I think the the it's directed amazingly. The video is like a great piece of like little cinema or whatever. And there's a lot of information in it. You know what I mean? Like um, what I appreciate about it is it's an attempt at actually fucking saying something for once. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you know, between him and like, you know, um, um, you know, the computer giant, you know what I mean? Like uh, what's the name of the record? Dirty computer? Dirty computer, yeah. It's like the video or whatever. It's like, man, all right, how about we try actually trying to say something with the art now, you know what I mean? As opposed to just reproducing sort of like the bullshit of our world. We're actually trying to like express criticisms, alternatives, like, you know what I mean? Like with the work. And I, and I really like that. So nigger aesthetics is essentially, um, it is, it is, it's the aesthetics of like the stigmatization of black bodies and black life, right? And in the newspaper, I, I question what does it mean to appropriate that in the service of like radically dismantling white supremacy? 
You know what I mean? So, you know, like, so uh, I talk about Jay-Z's um, story of OJ a little bit. I talk about um, uh, Coonskin briefly, much to the chagrin of my editor or like my, you know, the new the beehive josh <laughs> oh, they, they didn't want you to talk about coonskin no nah, they just you know because i don't know when you read the article you you'll see how succinct i am succinct i am with like what i say i just you know i said what i needed to say and no more <laughs> you know what i mean um and i think i said everything that needs to be said but like, uh, yeah, I just ask some questions and uh, I lay out possible, uh, maybe formal techniques or uh, tactics, you know, that you could apply in order to use nigga aesthetics. Uh, to radically dismantle the actual cause or like what they were created to do. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. at this point, yeah, at this point, like the, the, the aesthetics are powerful, right? And people want to use them. There's like, I saw there's this one, uh, I don't know, Australian or South African, funny how you confuse the two, um, who, um, works in or uses nigga aesthetics white guy though right and um thinking about like what it means like yo so a white artist and like kind of comparing it to the way we use nigga you know what i mean like so comparing so like thinking about imagine if eminem came out on his record and he was just dropping nigga this nigga that like yo there'd be consequences, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So how is it that in the visual sphere, white artists feel comfortable using the aesthetic language? Yeah, nigga aesthetics. Yeah. So I just talk about that a little bit, man. Like, oh, you know, um, I put it in writing. Or are there any questions that you had, like, from from that? You know, like, I, I put so much time and effort. I don't know if I could, you know, freestyle off the top of my head all of the uh, the bullet points or anything. But that's the gist of what I'm doing. You know? No, I more or less, you know, want to, you know, get people into reading the, the newspaper with just a nice little overview. Like, you know, we've we've talked about a lot of this stuff over the years in terms of nigga aesthetics and and all that type of stuff and like uh, how you dropped the thing about um, why Dave left uh, why he left his show Mm, right 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 yeah 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 stuff we were talking about with the story of OJ or Mm -hmm. I was just thinking like do you think um going back to how we started talking about this section do you think Donald and Stephen Glover's Atlanta perfectly uses nigga aesthetics to do everything that you're talking about I mean I want so like 
per my definition, I don't know if I would call that that. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know if I've seen nigger aesthetics in like. So when I say nigger aesthetics, I mean like you know. So in the same way that okay, so I dip into the creation of the word in another. I don't know if it's the same article or different. I think it's the same article. Like the origin of uh, the history of the word. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's intended use. Uh, how it was sort of appropriated and uh, became like a a negative word, you know what I mean? Um, and I, when I watch Atlanta, I think it's like black aesthetics, you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't know if I see nigger aesthetics. I don't see it. I don't see anything in Atlanta that is like, okay, well. This is an aesthetic language that was sort of created to kind of uh, uh, dehumanize black people being used in a way that causes the viewer to experience like or to question subjectivity of of the art and to to question like um, uh, or like the critical framework. You know what I mean? Like to question the use of those aesthetics, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't, I don't see anything in there. Like, is there something like that that you, that you notice or? I think, I think uh, like maybe un- unlike, let's say a cartoon or even a, um, a comic, mm. I think the term rapper mm. is becoming synonymous, synonymous with nigga. Wow. Because <laughs> um, I do think there's a point in which if they put rapper on it, they're talking about you're a nigger. Mm. Or if you're if you're a person that's not black, you're acting like a nigger. I do think the term I do think the visual of Paperboy mm. being the large, imposing, dark skinned black man. Mm. And the fact that when you watch the show, he's really dealing with depression. Mm. Well, him and his cousin are both dealing with depression and anxiety and the outside world and the views upon them very in very different ways. But I do think Paperboy being Paperboy, especially, well, more so in the first season than the second season, is playing with our ideas of what a Atlanta mm. trap rapper, his look versus how he actually is. Mm. I do think, that especially in the first season, when the, how the, all the promotion images was like them sitting on a couch, right? And like the project, I think a lot of that stuff they were using to get over on everybody. I see. So they could then show more tell the story, yeah. And also mm. the, the whole, everything in the and if you see in the first episode, like he got like Ern got a baby mama, mm. Ern ain't got no place to live. He just be right. see all over the place. It's something out of a music video or something. Yeah. So then. So then would you, okay, so like the question to me then, would you, because I think um, what that maybe means is like they're a, uh, a sort of awareness of what that imagery and that aesthetic means to uh, a certain um, audience. You know what I mean? 
So like, so for instance, if I'm watching, it's it, it could, man, because we started getting into like rap and like rap videos, it gets really complex because like, so I could watch Method Man getting his uh, hair plaited on the um on the stoop, and just think like, oh shit, yo, he's that's cool, right? But if I'm not, if I've never experienced that before, it could almost be like watching a fucking minstrel show. You know what I mean? Like, True. it's like, oh, this is a black, this is an element of, you know, urban black life that I've never seen before. And like, you know, and from the outside, you know, like, so for me, it's like, yo, it's, it's me. It's my body. It's like, it's my environment. It's like, there are people that I know, you know, I've sat on the stoop and had my hair fucking plaited before. You know what I mean? Like, I've sat on the stoop and got corn rolls before. You know what I mean? Like, I had you know, the fucking comb in, in my hair and then half of it out. You know what I mean? Like, you know, holding place and shit. I had that shit. You know what I mean? But if you're like some white kid from wherever who only experiences black life as a commodity, then like maybe that is some nigga aesthetic shit. And maybe that's the difference in like how marketing sees it versus like, how did you know even the the artist sees it yeah you know are the artists aware of it though are the artists aware that the um i mean to a degree some of these artists have to be because like they keep working in the same motif right they keep working in the same like motif regardless of whether or not they are from that life so they have to be aware of the value of the commodity right um that's something real talk like you know that's another newspaper (laughs) yeah the the, the only reason i would ask him like say for them i would say let's say like when we we first saw method man doing that he was just a young guy rapping getting on wanting to make video that was maybe one of the first times we seen it we seen that shit in a video like that shit was hard yeah, like trying to show their life in the video, where it say you get to now, and, and we we both know that like the, you know Donald and his brother are very much keen observers and creative people, and they're 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 much like we seen with his video today. He's he's fucking with you, mm-hmm. like he's fucking with you, like he's gonna fuck with you on this shit, like you know all this stuff is gonna meet all, all this stuff has double and triple meanings, you know, right. Yeah. So it's interesting. I just that's when I it hit me today because uh, you know this whole week has actually been weird. Like I watched the Dear White People season two or volume two, whatever they want to call it, and it's just a very interesting season to watch, especially with everything that's happened with Kanye and mm-hmm. and these public discussions of black conservatism and punditry and what you do in front versus you know the way black people are supposed to act or their political leanings because it deals with a lot of that stuff in this season i was like yo y'all lucked up on this shit like Mm-mm. y'all lucked up on kanye like right <laughs> y'all didn't even expect this and then you know you have this video coming up coming out but after during his snl thing i'm like okay this is a really 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 weird not weird but a very interesting time in, in, in black creative spaces especially within the public consumption yeah I haven't watched it yet I'm curious you know Dear, Dear White People season 2 isn't uh, isn't perfect 
but it has some very interesting things, especially with uh You watched the whole thing? I killed the whole thing. It's a half an hour show. If it's a half an hour show on Netflix, I could kill it. Wow, okay. Anytime a show is an hour long show, I'm I'm never gonna finish a season. Right. I don't have the bandwidth. Right. But it's half an hour I was able to knock it out get through it. They deal with some heavy issues this time. They deal with a lot of the trolling and uh, alt-right stuff in this on college campuses. It has some pretty interesting cameos that I I think people should... I wanted you to see it so that we could talk about it because it's a very it's a very meta-textual cameo. No word? Okay. Yeah. All right, very all important right. within the yeah, like once you see it, you like, oh, that's like I was like, that's fucking funny. But all right. that was like my favorite part. That, all right, they have a whole tap episode. Whole tap episode. Oh, word! It's the best episode. It's amazing. Wow, oh. it's it's good for it's good to like you know address that man. Yeah, know. they do a good job. They do a good job. I was like, oh, this is this. I'll put that up for Emmy. That's the one they got to put up for Emmy. <laughs> oh. All right, let me let me check it out. Let me check it out. So, um, the second big uh, article that you wrote in is uh, how I learned to stop worrying about worrying and love. <laughs> and which basically most of it, you just talking about like, yo, this nigga Hunter Rose though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it essentially became it essentially became an article about yeah how um, Hunter Rose juxtaposition with Batman and Batman Grendel or Grendel Batman um, <clears throat> kind of woke me up a little bit about the con- the constructs of like hero and villain you know what I mean like in a in comics you know um, which is like maybe that was obvious to a lot of people beforehand but I, I it doesn't seem like it's obvious from looking at a lot of the uh, comics that superhero comics that I've read but like (laughs) I haven't read I gotta be honest I haven't read probably as many as most like I had to read a lot for this you know more than I ever thought I would have you know yeah man superhero comics ain't your thing to break so many hearts of people that want you to draw certain characters (laughs) You know, hey, I gotta eat. You know, that's all it is. Yeah, they just, they just like, oh, we see. And you're like, I don't really fuck with that shit, though. Um, I mean, you gotta let me. You gotta let me do what I'm gonna do. You know. So um, the next one is, how do black heroes matter, and to whom? Yeah, and I have to say, <laughs> being that I was there at the impetus of uh, many many a conversation about. This specific hashtag slash movement, mm. and reading this piece like was it, it had to be like five times. Right, uh, it's interesting because I'm glad to be able to see how it's laid out in the actual timeline. Mm. It was done. It was done really well with the block. Yeah, with all the different parts. Miles killed it. Miles killed it on that. Yeah, yeah, that is really helpful because I was going <laughs> when I first read. I was like, I don't know how people going to really sit down and <laughs> process all this. But the timeline version really helps, especially with like the little footnotes at the bottom. Mm. Yeah, yeah, she knocked it out. Um, I just want to give people information. Like, I don't, I don't want to tell you what to think, right? I mean, you know, um, 
Yeah, well, if you ask a question at the head of an article, you got to kind of answer it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you have your viewpoint in it, but right, right, yeah. It's it's also like, hey, this is all the stuff that happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are the things that happen and leads to X. This is why I have the opinion that I have, right? Yeah. Which is like, I wouldn't call it opinion. I would call it an observation. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and. Ultimately, I'm presenting the evidence of the function of the thing. You know what I mean? Um, and that's it. That's all the article is. I'm presenting the evidence and the historical, uh, this historical um, framework that goes into my. Um, my thoughts and my observations, you know what I mean? Or like that frames it. So, you know, uh, I hope, um, I hope people can see it. Like I, I also wanted to, I wanted to make it so it's like, I'm not necessarily, you know, I don't want it to be misconstrued as like, I'm hating, you know, like, or like, I just like, I don't like these people like real talk. Like, the hard, the most difficult thing I think about kind of the critical aspect of the paper is a lot of the things that I um, discuss or talk about, how I feel about the creators of the work has little, has nothing to do with how I feel about the work. And like, I really don't um, consider people's uh, feelings, <laughs> maybe, you know, and, and it, you know, like I'm not a savage, but like, I try to be as clear as possible about, um, what I say. And it's not like, you know, I'm just not throwing out wild opinions. I'm kind of trying to show, uh, why I, uh, why I've, what I'm observing and and why I'm I'm forming you know this critical outlook on the work. And I hope that shows through, man. Like um I mean I guess that gets into like sort of the the aspect of the paper that's just like criticisms, right? Yeah, that's reviews. The comments review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like what I wanted to do is start to build a sort of um, set of precedent where it's like, okay, so if we're going to review comics, man, like let's talk about the subject matter, but let's talk about the formal aspects of the comic too. And like, let's talk about the ideology of the formal aspects of the comic. You know what I mean? Like, so what, what was this made on? What was it made for? Was it made for paper? Was it made for computer screens? Like, how does that inform the work? What does that say about, you know, the the purpose of the work or what it can do or what it can be? Does this work deal with history? Does it does it attempt to have a political um, dialogue? You know what I mean? And like, yo, let's let's talk about it. Let's dive deep. Like, let, let's not just, like, read the comic like it's, um, 
it's uh, prose with pictures next to it. You know what I mean? Like the pictures are part of the language. Like what is it about, what is that, what are the pictures saying about the language? If And if it is just doing that, then like just, yo, it's on some Model T Ford shit where like you hire an artist to draw pictures next to your writing. Yeah. And like, what does that say politically even? You know what I mean? About how you're approaching the medium. You know, like that, you know, like what is it, what is it, what does it mean? What is the relationship between the writer and the artist in each work? And how does it show? You know what I mean? Is it, is it, um, is there a synthesis that occurs, you know, or not, or not, you know what I mean? Like, so I think that's what I wanted to get into. Like, I want to, I want to see reviews that they, you know, what, it, what is the work? Where did you, where did you get the work? <laughs> you know what I mean? Is this just available on Amazon? You know what I mean? Like what, you know, like all of those things I'm very interested in. So like I'm trying to set a precedent for how, you know, we do reviews moving forward as well, you know, um, and judging the work in its own lane, not judging it by like some other criteria, you know what I mean? Which is a unique challenge for me because I definitely have aesthetic bias, <laughs> you know? Um. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something I have. I've, I have an issue with, uh, not with your reviews, but in terms of, uh, like I, I usually get criticized for the fact that, like, I rate movies within the realm of movies. Mm. So, not only if I'm gonna score how good the movie is, like, let's say in a year. Mm. Like, I'm like, all right, what's the best? Because, you know, at the end of the year, you have, like, this best of the year list. So I'm thinking, like, all right, from January 1st until December 31st, what was the most flames? Right. You know, what was the best joint? Mm. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to give X movie a a seven because, you know, it's a a seven movie out of the year. You know, maybe not all in the history of cinema. Right. But in the history of 2000 and whatever... 15, 16, 17, you know, it might be a C movie for that year. And then, you know, some people, they they take a fist to like that, like, oh, you can't, you gotta grade it by itself. I'm like, actually, I gotta grade it on like how well they move the camera and like right. the lighting and the, and the script and the acting and the pacing and all, like all that stuff counts. It can't just be just like, oh, I really like, I really like, you know, cars. So, it's a good car movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man, I really like, like, I love Tom Cruise, but he, sometimes he's in some trash. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to call his movie trash. It's and, interesting um, because, mm, go ahead. No, I'm saying, and then sometimes I keep it 100. I'll say in the beginning, like, yo, this is biased. Like, I love yeah. Fast and Furious. I'm going to give right. a Fast and Furious an 8 off the jump because I love these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you there for it. Yeah, like, it's for me. But, you know. Not everybody, not everybody's into. It, I guess I don't. I don't know when it comes to people talking about stuff they like. It's weird. It's weird because I don't think enough people do the homework, the research, or watching enough shit. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing too. Is like I, I was gonna mention. Like it seems like there's a, a certain point where you know it's, it's hard to discuss some of these things because people, it's part of their 
you know, it's like they're they're defending their identity. Yeah, you they're bringing themselves into it. Yeah, yeah, I do think sometimes, like, if a person only sees us say, let's be honest, let's see ten movies in a year, right? Mm. And you know, their range of like good and bad is greatly different than a person like me who might who's going to see like who's going to average like a movie a week. Who's going right. to see like a minimum of like fifty-two films a year. Wow, yeah. So that's like, and I'm and I'm in the low. You know, there's people right. who've seen like 200, 250. And they go into festivals. Right. So the people, that person's range of what's the middle is going to be greatly different. Yeah. Than the other person. So like somebody like let's let's pick a movie that everybody loves like shit on like any of these DC superhero mm-hmm. movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like Suicide Squad or like Batman vs Superman. Like I was like I call that shit a C. Mm-hmm. And like how can you call that shit a C? It's like because like yo I see movies that's way worse than this. Like y'all don't understand. Like I've seen movies that are complete trash, and nah, like that's not. This ain't that bad. You think it's that bad because you related to like the two, three other movies you saw in the summer. Well, guess what? I saw twenty motherfucking movies in the summer, so it's clearly not that. Like to me, it's not that bad. I've seen bad. Y'all don't have any idea what bad is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's definitely part of the the framework and kind of critiquing things is like how much of a thing have you seen (laughs) you know you can't really uh you can't really yeah i mean but also it's like kind of recognize that it would be nice if people recognize um recognize that aspect right like so for instance Maybe there's a there's a critical framework that you like. There's a critical framework you don't have, which is like I just seen a few movies. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like that's that's not the critical framework that you're operating in, right? Like you're operating in. I've seen like so many. I've seen like a, a large, almost like a um, a uh, industry wide or like a season wide, you know, amount of films. So like I, you know, I'm able to. Uh, critique things along those lines, right? Whereas, like, a lot of these cats, like, their critical framework is maybe, you know, like, if you're talking about that, they're fans of comics, um, they're fans of superhero movies, like, they have, um, you know, they have a palette for that or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and it just be good, I mean, I, you know, like, can't be mad, I'm just like, I wish, you know, recognize what your critical framework is. My critical framework isn't for instance, that I have read all of Fantastic Four. Yeah. You, know I mean? you know, my critical framework isn't I didn't read Black Panther as it came out in the 90s or whatever, or from the 60s, you know, 66 through now. My critical framework is I go back and I read some of the ones that I, you know, that are uh, considered historically relevant or whatever. You know what I mean? To form my critical uh you know for me to like kind of put in the the framework you know like that's that's where i'm coming from my shit is like historical political you know maybe philosophical framework that i'm i'm criticizing these comics like um my framework isn't one like i'm a fan of superheroes and here's my take on these comic books my shit is like yo i'm I'm interested in like the, you know, political subconscious. I'm interested in like the, you know, political and historical subjectivity 
of the works and the audience and, you know, and the authors. Um, I really could care less about the um, continuity. (laughs) You know what I mean? The grand Um, narrative. Right, 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 right. I mean, I care about what the grand narrative says about (laughs) the uh, political subjectivity of the work. But I, you know, I'm not like I, it's not it's it's not so important to you know like I'm not a fan. Yeah. I don't write this shit so y'all have God coming. I don't get down like that road to your mountain rush just on the mission to find some calligraphy. Needed the feel, wounded the beat of my drum. I don't mean kicking the snare, we can bury all of the fucked up shit that we ignorant can do. Words can be found ignorant-plus.com. It can also be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. SoundCloud, Critical, the Movie Critics Network on Blog Talk Radio, on the Taylor Network of Podcasts, also on Twitter at IGBL Podcasts, along with my own Twitter at Julian Lytle, L Y T L E. You can also support this show on Patreon, patreon.com slash Julian Lytle. Thanks to all the people who support this show each month. Also, check out the show Culture Trapping, which I'm a host on, and the Speaker Talks monthly show on David Brothers' site, in which me, David Brothers, and Jamila Rouser talk about music once a month. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and see you next time. I just got tired of running away, running away. Everyone leaving, I write them away, write them away. Calligraphy. Write it away.